Well, John is away, and uh, every when John is not here, suddenly I feel it very much. I don't know how I used to do it without John before, because now I don't know how to do it without him. Uh, so when he comes back, we'll all uh, express our thankfulness to him, how he keeps it all on the rails. But he's, he's enjoying, as Heather said, a, a well-deserved time uh, of break after a busy, busy summer. So uh, what I want to do this morning, I want to I take the time to just look at where we are. Like, wh- what is it that we see before us as a church? Now, I-, I say that because sometimes in the busyness of life, and some of you know what this is like, once you get into fall, it's just like you're going from one activity to another. If you've got kids, you're driving them from one thing to another, and while you're going from one to the other, they're telling you about something they forgot at home or something that they have to do or a gift that they need for a party on Saturday that you're only just hearing about Friday night. You know, or there's something with your work and your job. That if, you, if you're a business owner, you know, something falls apart and you have to step in. And it seems like you're always the one stepping in and there's always something falling apart. There's always some kind of issue or you're a mom and you feel overwhelmed just trying to juggle all the things in your home. It's easy to not be able to stop and look where we are. To just be still and to notice, to pay attention And to to recognize what the significance of that moment is. What it means for where we're going. And so as a church, I want us just to take a moment today to stop and notice where we are and pay attention to some of the realities before us. So I just put up this beautiful picture of our neighborhood party. That was a lot of fun. And uh, it was great to have so many of you involved helping uh, make that happen. And I know some of you came and attended Uh, that for the first time as well. So that was a great way to have you introduced to us, I hope. And some of you came for the first time last year when we did it. So it's been a great event that we've done. But let's take a moment to look at some current realities. And I want to start by actually going beyond Stratford to just help you understand our bigger family of Cornerstone. Cornerstone has three locations, one in Cornwall, one here in Stratford, and one in Montague. And they were birthed in that order. Cornwall has been around the longest. Stratford a little bit less time. And Montague. But I want to talk about Cornwall and Montague for a moment. Because we're here. And we can see us. But you can't see them. And I want to give you a picture of what's happening. Because there's some bigger things that will be coming up soon. To give you an idea. Cornwall in 2007 had 130 people. It's about what we have in this room today. in, In this building. About 130 people. So that was in 2007, a bit of time ago, but today in the spring, they were having 710 people on average, a much larger group than this. Four Sundays after Easter, there was over 800 people in the building. And now listen to this, there was 200 kids on an average Sunday in Cornwall, 200 kids. That is larger than 28 elementary schools on PEI. To give you some perspective. So it that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so they're in a different ball game than we are. <laughs> but I want you to, to recognize the numbers are just numbers, they're people. That's we're talking about people here. But what's amazing about that is just there's something obviously that's been happening. Something that's that God has been doing. And we're trying to steward that. We're trying to make spots for people whenever they want a seat, right? 
in Montague, in the fall of 2015, uh, Montague Baptist closed down, gave us the building, and said, here you go, start again. And there was about eight of them. Well, by the time uh, we got the building up and going and we started our own services as Cornerstone, there was uh, 22 people coming on a Sunday morning. So 22 people. But today and in the spring, they've been seeing 125 people, almost as many as we have here. So it has grown uh, very quickly in the past, well, actually, just the past year especially. But it's been growing over time. They've got 28 kids in their program. This is their first Sunday where they're going to be consistently, regularly doing two services. So they're in the same kind of situation that we are. Now, in their case, and in Cornwall's case, the buildings are too small. Montague only seats about 80 to 90 adults, okay? So you can tell from that number something's happening. They're squished in. That's why they need to do two services. The problem with their building is the age of it and the way it was designed, having one uh, group upstairs and the kids downstairs the noise is very much competing. You ever had like people over and your kids are in the, you know, the rec room and you can't even talk because of the noise? That's what it's like every Sunday. In Cornwall, they have so many people packed into the sanctuary that a lot of times they don't have seats. In fact, when we got these new chairs, they stole a bunch of the old black ones that we had because they just needed to put them somewhere. So they've been filling aisles with chairs. What we're looking at is that both of those sites need to start planning for a new building. That's, buildings, in my opinion, buildings aren't fun. You don't do buildings just out of vanity. They cost a lot of money. It's a lot of effort, all of that. But you do it to host people. If you had a family that was growing, and you lived in an apartment of, you know, like one bedroom, and suddenly you had four kids, if you had triplets or something like that, you would say, okay, this one-bedroom apartment isn't going to work anymore. And you grow the building to accommodate the people. Well, that's what's been happening. We're not trying to grow to any particular size. We're just trying to steward whatever God's doing amongst us and with people. So in the fall, you're going to be hearing more and more about how the two of them are planning towards some kind of building project. Now, let's look at Stratford for a moment, the current reality we have here. In the fall of 2006, when this congregation began, I'm told there was an average of 38 people. Okay? Now, in the spring of 2023, and really even today, we have about 130 people coming on average. Uh, In the summer, it's ranged maybe 120 to 130, but we expect usually in the summer numbers to go down. They really haven't changed much over the summer. And here's the reality. We're all crammed in here right now. And there's about 20 or 30 regular people who aren't here because it's a long weekend and it's the summer still. So in the fall, we definitely are not going to be able to fit in this room all at once. Now, some people have said to me, you know, do you get tired doing two services? Well, sure. I get tired doing one service. Like, like if I had my way, we would just do one service and it would probably be at night because I'm not a morning person either. (laughs) So that's just the reality. But, but again, we do this because this is just what it needs. If you're a parent, you don't get to choose that your kids need to eat today. You just say, well, you've you got to eat. And so as a pastor, I'm just responding to the needs that I see here in the congregation. So that's why we're doing two services. Through the spring, we had an average of 15 kids coming. Now, just to give you some perspective, the year that I began, four and a half years ago, 
Um, when I began, Penny and I were having conversations about whether we needed a nursery at all because there was no kids. But I said to her, if we close the nursery, that says to anyone who shows up, we don't want you here. So we're not doing that. So we, we started planning people to be in the nursery with no children. <laughs> and then they would just come into the sanctuary. But eventually, now we've had some weeks where what, it's five, eight kids in there sometimes. That's just upstairs. And downstairs, we're growing and growing to the point that we need to divide into two groups downstairs, and we don't have enough leaders. We don't, we don't actually have enough people to divide into two groups. Now, here's the thing that I'm going to say to you. If we have Sundays where we don't have kids leaders, I'm going downstairs, and you can fend for yourselves. <laughs> because my priority is the next generation more than you. Now, I like you all. Don't get me wrong. But if we don't take care of our kids, there is no future church, okay? And I don't want to do kids' ministry. <laughs> I would rather preach. But some of you, some of you are gifted for it uniquely. Some of you have the ability to connect with kids and to help them see Jesus in you. And if you've got that ability, even if you feel like you're past your prime or it's not something you really want to do anymore, but you have a heart for kids, then I want to encourage you to step into that moment. This is just a moment where we need to staff the nursery, whether or not there's kids, and whether or not you have a sense of, I can do this, I'm asking if you would consider stepping into it anyway. It may not be forever, it may be for a time, but we believe there's a need there that we have to fill, so we're trying to steward that. So just to give you an idea of that responsibility, once a month, leaders are going downstairs, usually, once a month, the material's all provided. We've got people coordinating all of that. Hopefully, it makes it easy for you to come, show up, care for the kids, and help them meet the person of Jesus. But that's one of the big dynamics, the current reality that we're facing here in Stratford. Uh, so, let's go to the next slide. Let's just talk future promise. Sorry, is there an usher or something that could grab me some water? My throat is so dry. I was singing way too hard in some of those songs. I can't even swallow. That's how bad it is. I know, you're thinking, well, just end the sermon then. Nobody cares. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Stratford is a growing neighborhood and a growing church. That's part of our current reality, but it's also part of the future promise. What we know about Stratford, if you've been paying attention to any of the news or anything like that, we know that Stratford is going to be booming in the next number of years. I came, I came uh, to the window out here um, a few weeks back, and I looked out across the field, and I suddenly saw two apartment buildings I'd never seen before. And I thought, well, those weren't just built. Um, and I realized they had clear-cut you know, the trees from the lot that was separated. Because what are they going to do? They're going to build more, Right? And we're seeing that all around Stratford. The plans that are being made are for thousands, literally thousands of people, to be uh, living in this community. And as we as a church just have to recognize that. We have to be prepared for that. We have to have the welcome mat out. We have to staff the nursery. People will be coming, we hope and pray, um, because they're moving into the neighborhood, if nothing else. But not only do we want to see people just 
moving here and showing up. We want to see people that are coming to meet Jesus for the first time. And as this community grows, we have more and more opportunities as a church to bear witness to Jesus. And so we want to be anticipating that in some way. We want to be preparing for that in some way. Now, we are not at the point, like Montague and Cornwall are, where we need to build a new building. We can continue with two services, I think, till with the point we reach about 200 people. Are we ever going to hit 200? Who knows? I'm not trying to do anything to make it 200 either. But if we ever get to the point where 200 people, that probably means we'll have about 40 or 50 kids, and they're not going to fit downstairs very easily anymore. There's only two classrooms down there. We used to even have to use the, the kitchen as a classroom. But there's going to come a point, if God continues to keep moving in the way that he has, where something's going to give. And you can only keep doing so many services on a Sunday morning. Like, I'm not coming like at 7 a.m. to do a 7.30 service. It's just not happening, okay? You don't want to be here if I did. <laughs> it's just the reality that we've got to face somehow. We need, we need to somehow steward whatever God is doing amongst us. And whatever that's going to take, we have to anticipate. So I don't think we need to start getting ready for a building, but we might need to start thinking about what we will do if we get to that point. We might just start need drafting up ideas and plans to be anticipating and ready because that building process is a long and extensive one. Now, I have no idea. I have no ambitions to try to grow the building. That's not what I'm about. I'm just simply about people meeting Jesus. But if we need to grow the building to help that happen, I'll do that. And I hope you're the same way. So we need to recognize that Stratford is a growing neighborhood and we are a growing church. This time last year, I was anticipating that in the fall, we might see about 90 people showing up on a Sunday morning. It ended up being more than that. And we had to go to two services. And some people at the time said, well, isn't that just because we've got a lot of extra people with the Samaritan's Purse people on site? And I said, yes, but no. Even when they leave, we're going to have too many people to be able to comfortably fit in the service all at once. So that's why we do two services. So we have a growing neighborhood and a growing community. And I want to always be thinking about how we can serve the community, how we can be in the neighborhood for the neighborhood. We want to make this a better place, just like God calls us in the beginning of Genesis. It's our, uh, it's our responsibility to cultivate whatever God has given to us to make it grow and be fruitful and multiply, to take care of whatever God is doing, to make something beautiful. And in, the, in our neighborhood here, wherever there's something that's broken or something that's not the way it should be, we as Christians need to figure out, is God calling us to step into that and somehow make it better, to somehow make it whole? to somehow make it beautiful and good. And so that's a question we always need to keep asking ourselves as this neighborhood grows, as we grow as a church. It's not about us. It's not about making a beautiful building that we all just feel really comfortable in. Like the chairs were never about us just having comfortable seats. It was all about preparing this place to be a welcoming place where people could encounter Jesus. Do you remember I said things like that through that campaign? It was never about chairs. It was about creating a welcoming place where people could encounter Jesus. So this is some of the future promises before us, and we believe we need to be planning, preparing, stewarding what God is doing amongst us so that we're ready and we're making the most of it now. Let's go to the next slide. So I say all of that. Some of you I've already you know, lost you. You're not interested in all the stats and figures. 
some of you say, well, just, just preach. Just preach the gospel, Gordon. And that is my intention. But what I'm, I'm trying to say is there's moments you have to stop and look at where you are. And so now let's go into some scripture. Because here's the thing. I'm not interested in growing us numerically if we're not healthy. Because if we're unhealthy and we grow like by another 20, 50 people, man, my job is going to be really hard. <laughs> it's not going to be fun. I'm going to be dealing with problems, putting out fires. But, now I, I always have to do that anyway. But if we are growing healthy as well as numerically, if it, numerically at all, if we're healthy, that's the thing. You know, when I was a teenager, my one biggest goal in life, my father was five foot 11 and three quarter inches. And my biggest goal at that point in life was to be six feet. <laughs> and so, you know, I would eat more vegetables than I wanted to. And I would, I would do things, you know, there's nothing that's going to change my height really. Well, as you can tell, I'm six foot two, so it worked. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Is it, is it not obvious how tall I am? Daniel's not here today. <laughs> so what I, what I say with that is my goal is healthiness, not reaching a certain height here as a church. I want us to be healthy. We're going to eat vegetables because we've got to be healthy. <laughs> Okay, not because we can grow to a certain height. So I want I want us to focus on how we how what it looks like for us to be healthy as a congregation. And I often take us back to this passage in Ephesians. I love the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, this extensive passage says this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church: the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. So my responsibility, their responsibility, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So my responsibility is to equip all of you to do the work of whatever God's doing amongst us. I'm not the only one doing the work here. Okay, And if I am, that's a sign that we're unhealthy. And if it's John 2, John and Gordon, that still doesn't make it any better Really, what God has called all of us to do is to be engaged in his work, building up the church. And I want to equip you, fuel you, encourage you, inspire you, point you in the right direction as much as I can. But together, we all have to grab the rope and pull, you know. So my responsibility is to equip God's people, all of you, to do God's work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all become, all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, the measurement we're aiming for is not six feet. The measurement that we are aiming for here is the standard of Christ. We as people want to be mature and look like Jesus. That's our goal. And that's the purpose that I'm trying to equip all of us for. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow 
so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So what Paul writes to the Ephesians here has nothing to do with growing numerically or building a better building. It's about being a healthy church. And what does a healthy church look like? It looks like Jesus. We interact with each other in a way that's truthful and loving. We interact in a way that serves one another and cares for the needs of others above our own. Believing and knowing that when we all do that, everyone's needs will be cared for and met. So each of us takes on our own special work. What is your special work? Do you know what your special work is? Well, that's the question that we need to be asking ourselves. I know some of you say, well, you know, at at my age, I'm getting more limited. There's things that I can't do. I I can't kneel down. I can't be in the nursery with kids. I understand that. There's going to be times and seasons where you're able to do things and times when you're not. And I'm not asking you to do something you're not able to do or to break your back doing something that you're really not capable of or don't have the time for. But if there's something, and I know there's something, that God is laying on your heart and leading you towards and pushing you, nudging you towards serving in some way, and you don't do it, man, you're going to miss out. And so my goal is is not to force you to do something you don't want to do that you're not gifted for, you're not capable of. I don't want to do that to any of you. My goal is to help you step into the fullness of who you were meant to be. For all of us together to step into the the promise of what God wants for all of us as a community together. And if each one of us takes the time to figure out what our special work is, man, that's a gift to the rest of us. It's a beautiful thing. It's a good thing. I've watched some of you serve in a certain way, maybe for the first time, and you come out beaming at the end. That was amazing. That's awesome. I can't wait to do it again. It doesn't happen every Sunday. Listen, there's some Sundays I go home thinking, I'm so glad it's the afternoon. But there's other days I go home thinking, I can't wait to preach next week. And when you find that special work, the thing that God has called you to do, gifted you to do, man, you come alive. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for us. So my job, John's job, together, what we're trying to do is build this place up to equip you to do that special thing that God has prepared for you to do. And for you to step into that so all together we can look like Jesus, be healthy together, to be like buddies that push each other along when you don't want to keep running, to keep running. You know, that accountability partner that watches what we eat and says, you know, are you staying within your calorie range? I'm doing that. Are you doing this? Are you doing that discipline you need to do to be healthy? Have you forgiven that person because you need to forgive them? Are you doing the things you need to do to be healthy like Jesus? Together we want to do that for each other. All right. Um, Let's go on to the next slide. And I want to start getting practical again. Uh, I want to to talk about how you can do that special work, how you can grow. Now, I'm speaking to you more individually now uh, to help you consider... Uh, your part in all of this. You can help us grow by, first of all, just praying for our church. That's not a small thing. That's not like the throwaway thing that you just have to say prayer because that sounds like a churchy thing to do. That's like a substantial, real thing. That's us being connected to God in a relationship with him. It's not just saying words to God. It's actually listening to God. 
And sometimes we are, you know, kneel down by the side of your bread praying. And other times it's, it's more just, you know, as you're gardening or doing some activity, it's kind of in a conversation. Maybe not even saying a lot, but just kind of listening to what God might be impressing upon you. Now we need to be careful how we, how we hear those things and how we understand them and all of that. But, but how do we pray? How do we pray for us together as a church that we would all be healthy? How do we pray, be connected to God in such a way that, well, we become like Jesus because we know Jesus and we're, we've been talking to him this morning. So how can you be praying for our church? Where can you find uh, a time to focus on that? But how can you incorporate it in the light? And here's the other thing you can do to help us grow. Take a step of faith. Take a step of faith in your relationship with Jesus. Some of you have been sort of edging around this for a while. And, and you've been sort of saying, well, man, what you're saying sounds good, but I, I, I'm hesitant to step forward and to say that I'm following Jesus. I'm hesitant to say I'm a Christian. I, I don't know. I just want to encourage you, if you're in that place, to consider, why aren't you taking that step to trust Jesus? Why don't you try to follow him? Taste and see that he's good. Others of you have been uh, following Jesus for a while, but you've never done the thing that he asked all of us to do, which was be baptized as a way of showing your commitment to him. Now, baptism isn't magical. It doesn't save you. It's not like the thing you've got to do to get into heaven, and if you're not baptized, it's not that. Baptism is a beautiful expression of our commitment and love to Jesus. But you know what it also is? It's a public witness to the people around us our family, our friends, that we invite to that moment to see that. It's a beautiful opportunity for us to, to say, I follow Jesus, I'm his, he's mine. And some of you, I would encourage you this fall to consider being baptized. I'd love to fill the tank on Thanksgiving Sunday and do a baptism that day. That'd be a wonderful day for a baptism. Maybe you're going to be in the tank. Is this your time? Some of you have never become a member of the church. Now, what does a member do? Well, you, you get 10% off at Sobeys. <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> I, I always say the same joke every time. I'm amazed that anyone laughs anymore. You know how that feels, right, Dick? <laughs> how can I get seen points on this membership? Yeah, that's good. Um, what does membership mean? It means I'm a member of the body. I'm, I'm a part of the body. It's not like the, the way that the world uses the word member. It's like, you know, it's kind of an old language, but we say the members of our body, the parts of our body, the appendages. That's kind of the language here. We are a member. We're part of the body of Christ. And it's just saying to one another, hey, I'm committed to you. I'm committed. You don't get to do anything special extra if you're a member. There's no... There's no benefits other than we have a committed relationship. And Baptists through the years have always done that. We've, we've committed to each other in community to say, yeah, we're in this together. And so, you know, I would encourage you to say, yeah, you know what? I'm committing to this place. I'm committing to be a part of Cornerstone Stratford. Maybe you need to do that. For some of you, you need to say, okay, you know what? Following Jesus and my relationship with Jesus, the next step for me is... I actually need to try to lead something, or I need to serve somewhere, or I need to find a way, not within the church, but within the community, 
to be a blessing to the community. In my neighborhood, I, I think I see this need that I need to fill, and I'm really nervous to do that. I'm worried that people will think I'm weird, or I don't know how to do that, or I don't think I have the time or the energy, but you know what? No one else is doing it, and I've been thinking about it for a long time. So maybe for you, taking a step of faith in your relationship with Jesus means doing something like that. Maybe you're one of the people that needs to start gathering uh, some of our grade four, five, six, sevens and, and forming some kind of youth group. Maybe just once a month, some of us need to start doing something like that. And maybe you're one of those people that needs to step forward. I don't know how to do it. I'm scared of teenagers, but I know there's a need and we got to do something. And that for you will be a step of faith. What will be your special work? And I'm encouraging all of us to think about that question today. The next slide. Giving regularly. I don't like to talk a lot about money, but you know, I know this about money. You can tell a lot of someone's values and what they think is important based on how they spend their money. And you know what? I want to encourage you to value the work of the church and to value the kingdom of God, to value the person of Jesus. By giving. Now, it also, it helps us break the power of greed in our own lives. The feeling that we're the ones in control. Letting go of money reminds us that God is the one who provides. He's our gyra. He's the provider. Letting go of money releases its hold on us and allows us to step and walk in freedom. And I want to see a lot of people walking in freedom. And if money's the thing that's holding you down, we have an offering box right over here. And I say that kind of jokingly, but I know it's a reality for many of us. And I've talked before about my own personal experience when I've gone through difficult times, times of financial hardship. The moments that I've decided to trust Jesus with my money anyway have been moments that I've seen his reality in really special ways. He's never let me down. Turn your back so they can't see you cry. <laughs> So I'd encourage you to give regularly. If you haven't already made a plan how to do that, we have ways to help make that happen, whether it's um, being part of uh, push pay. It'll allow you to schedule like a credit card payment, which is the way that you can earn points on your giving. <laughs> uh, or you can set it up for automatic withdrawal. There's, you know, you can do checks, you can do cash. I'm just saying we try to make it easy for you to figure out a way to make that a pattern for you. And again, I, I'm not interested in your money if you're doing it just out of obligation. I, I'll take it, but, <laughs> but honestly, I want you to be free of the hold that money has on you. And I want you to celebrate Jesus more than anything else in your life. And one of the ways that we do that, if we're honest in our culture, it has to be by dealing with money. So deal with that issue. Honor Jesus in that way. Now here's the other thing. Find your place. Find your uh, special Thing, your special work in the way that we connect with each other, the way we care with each other and serve. Now, those are three big words. There's a lot going in that. In Connect, we have been trying to have regional care groups. Um, so just we've tried to take the congregation as we've been getting bigger and group people in the certain areas so that when there's a need of, of someone close to your neighborhood, maybe you can step in with you know a casserole or something, or maybe, you know, maybe they need someone to watch their kids for two hours one day or just care for one another. And we've been trying to encourage that to happen more and more. So that's how we, one of the ways that we care for each other. But it's also just like noticing each other 
And when you talk and get to know people in the congregation, it's figuring out, you know, what's some way that I can encourage them? What's some way I can bless them? Is there something I can give or do just to help build up the body, to care for each other? Connecting with one another. One of the best ways that, that we find to do that is for people to be in small groups together. I recognize how hard that can be for your schedules to, to make that a priority. And so we try to have some options and some opportunities for that to happen. But it's important for you to not just show up on a Sunday and walk out and not thinking about it again until the next Sunday. When we're engaged in one another's lives, well, that's, that's a real thing now. That's just not a, a Sunday morning experience. It's, it's a life that we're trying to live. And we're trying to live a life here. We're trying to look like Jesus. And you, you can't, like, you know, if you were trying to grow a, a beard or a mustache, like this beautiful thing we got here going on. If you were trying to do that, you can't just say, I'm going to do that once a week. And the other days of the week, I'm going to shave. But on Sundays, I'm going to grow that beard. Right? That wouldn't make sense. And there's lots of other analogies that are much better than a beard that we could use. But we have to do this. This is a life. This is how We grow to be like Jesus by doing it every day. And connecting with each other in real relationships, authentic relationships, as we read in Ephesians, in relationships of truth and relationships of love. That makes all the difference. And serving. Man, if you don't find a place to somehow serve and bless other people, whether it's in the church or not, if you're not serving, you're missing something in life. You really are. When I was a Boy Scout, they said, if you need water... Don't drink water that's just sitting still. You look for water that's moving, right? And when we serve, there's God pouring into us. We need to. We rely on Jesus all the more because we need to. And then we do something with it. We realize, well, I've been blessed. I've got to bless someone else. I've got to pass it on. I've got to share what I've got. And when we see the water moving, when we see life moving and service happening, it grows us and it helps others. So we find places to serve amongst us. Now listen, here's some of the ways that you can serve. I've put some of these. Hospitality. Man, I would love it if some of you just said every Sunday or every other Sunday or once a month, I'm going to invite someone for lunch after church. Or I'm going to invite them to come on a Wednesday evening or whatever it is for, for you. Or if you said to me, Gordon, I know that you're a single guy and you don't like to cook a whole lot and that's hard for you. I'm going to invite you and someone new to the church to come eat at my house, oh, I would bless you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. I'm joking, but hospitality is one of the key ways that we foster life of the life of Jesus in a church. So think about hospitality. How can I just invite someone to be part of this with me? Small groups, as I mentioned, be part of a small group. Cornerstone Kids, as I said, we need to break into two groups right now, and we can't. We don't have enough people to do that. We only need, like, I think two more to make that happen. But we're always kind of looking for people, and who knows, it may grow some more. So keep thinking about whether that's you or not. Supermix, as I mentioned, it'd be great to start pulling together something for our young people. Again, it's like if we don't offer the nursery, we'll never have kids, right? I think we need to lean into that for the next generation. Facility maintenance, There's always we're always looking for help cleaning and doing some of the things. There's some bigger picture things with facility that we need to do. Listen, our gardens have not been tended in like a year or two, barely. Like we've had some minor care for them, but we really need some gardeners to help really say, yeah, I'll take that on. I'll take ownership of that. We're just kind of making it happen. But man, maybe you're a gardener. I, I don't have a green thumb. 
even Alpha. Alpha is an opportunity, if you haven't heard, it's, it's pulled together for a meal and then a video and discuss what you learn about Jesus in that moment. It's considering Jesus, inviting the community in. Those are the kinds of things that we need to do as a church, to be a place of hospitality, a place of witness, and a place of friendship with one another in community. Maybe there's something like that that you'd like to step forward and lead. Maybe there's something you'd like to be part of, or you want to provide the food for that. Whatever it might be, there's some way that you can connect or care or serve. And when we all start to do that together, it's beautiful. I've said many times that my vision for a church is a potluck. Everybody brings something. And everyone gets to eat. And at a potluck, sometimes you're the one who forgot about the food and you go to the store on the way and you just buy a bag of rolls. And that's okay. Or sometimes you're the one who didn't bring anything and you just show up anyway and receive that grace. And that's awesome. Or maybe you're the person that loves to cook and you bring three casseroles because you know that someone's going to skip out on everything else. But I think a great image for us is a potluck. How can we all contribute? How can we all take part? Okay. I think this is the last slide and then a scripture. The other way that I want to encourage you to help in this fall is to plan to come to the church-wide meeting September 21st. That's going to be happening at our Cornwall location. It's going to be focusing on a lot more of how Cornwall and Montague are addressing the stewardship of buildings and what's coming next. That'll have an impact on us too. We'll also probably be talking about uh, how we might plan for the future as Stratford, even though we're not at the point where we need a new building, is how we can plan to use this place well and plan for what might be next. So come on the, the 21st to be part of it. It's a Thursday night, I think at 7 o'clock, uh, but we'll be announcing that so you can watch for that. Okay, I, I want to close this all off with a sermon, uh, uh, scripture. Again, back in Ephesians, but now in chapter 3. This is... Um, it's kind of a prayer that Paul writes. He's talking about a lot of things. He's talking about the mystery of what God has done in Jesus. He's talking about the power of recognizing all that Jesus means for us. But then he says this. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete, with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through His mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Now listen, when you drive into Stratford over that bridge, what do you see on the sign for Stratford? Imagine that. Whatever you can imagine for Stratford, whatever you can imagine for Stratford, the church here, Cornerstone Stratford, whatever you can imagine, God can do more. Whatever good, whatever beauty, whatever greatness we can imagine, God can do more. He can do infinitely more. 
than we might ask or think. What might God want to do amongst us? And I'm not talking about a big building. I'm not talking about it full of people. I'm talking about how could He change lives so that people start to look like Jesus. So that people are alive serving one another. So that we're blessing one another with love. What would it look like if Stratford had us as a community committed to that and to one another? What would it look like if the glory of Jesus was clearly evident amongst us? It would be beautiful and it would be good. And I want to be part of that. I hope you do too. I want to be a member of that kind of action. That's what I'm here for. I'm not here for buildings. I'm not here for offering numbers. I'm not here for statistics. I'm here for you and I'm here for people and the people that aren't here and never want to come here. Because all of us need to know the person of Jesus who saves, gives life. He's the only source of life for anyone. And so I want everyone that can possibly hear about Jesus to have an opportunity to do that. Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think or imagine. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. And we're going to gather around the table of Jesus, which reminds us that we feast upon, we nourish ourselves, we find our strength in the person of Jesus. We're going to pray, I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and then we'll start passing the elements. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, may we as a congregation and as individuals be so incredibly fixated upon you that all the other things come together, that we seek first the kingdom above all else, Because we want you and we want more of you in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. We want to see the wholeness, the peace, the shalom within creation that you intended. The beauty, the goodness. Something that we believe is only possible in the healing work of Jesus who makes us whole. So as we gather around this table, we declare that you are good. We celebrate your love. We cry out with a longing for more of you. For you to fill us with your spirit to make your life evident in us more than we can even imagine. We celebrate you, Jesus, in this moment. Amen.